really got to try on that left hand side. What happened? <laughs> oh, but I've gone up and over, and Marty had over biscuit. It was a, uh, it was, a, it wasn't enough stability there for myself. But um, no, I was busting for a bit of meat this game. It didn't seem to work out. Cheers, and welcome, welcome to the Scrum of the Earth podcast, the weekly show that brings you news, reviews, great interviews, and so much more all about the world of rugby. I am your host, David Lawrence. I'm an American rugby fan who follows the game on a global scale, and you know what? I'm hoping to hear from you. Yes, you. If you can be bothered, it's easy to reach out. I'm on Twitter at of Scrum. You can use Instagram at the Scrum of the Earth podcast. You can always do things old school. Drop me an email at scrumoftheearth at gmail.com. Well, I imagine it's rather obvious, but just in case... This is not our weekly installment, but is in fact yet another bonus episode. This time, I'm sitting down once again with two of my favorite people in the rugby universe. They are, of course, John and Craig from the Scottish Rugby Podcast. Craig, I'm going to start with you. It's great to see you. Welcome back. How are you? And have you managed to get that boil taken care of? <laughs> Good evening, all. How are we all doing? You all right? Um, great to be here again. And uh, yes, uh, he seems to be back on his feet and he seems to be, but I think he'll be out for a fair bit of time. <laughs> for those that don't know, Connor Boyle, is, we're just finished the Edinburgh game, watched the Edinburgh game and unfortunately Connor Boyle took a fairly big scud to the heed. Um, and uh, he was out for some significant amount of time on the park tonight so um yeah it was a worry but um, i was actually talking about the inflamed boil you've talked about that's on your butt (laughs) (laughs) ah you're talking about john anderson (laughs) oh shots fired early wow we're here we're here i was coming on to simply be polite respectful and Craig chooses violence. <laughs> what can well, you do? What can you do? John, of course, it's so lovely to see you as well. How are you? And how is the removal process going with your Danny Wilson tattoo? <laughs> well, as uh, first of all, everything's going really well. Thank you, David. I hope everything is well with you and all your listeners. Um, those of you who know me will, will, of course, know that it's not a removal process. It's more a cover-up job. Uh, so uh, I'm currently sketching out Franco Smith holding Thor's hammer, uh, and mm. that, that'll be that with one that goes over the Danny Wilson uh, flex shirt off, shirt, shirt just, off, right? Yeah, just here. It's on, it's on because it has to be close to my heart, of course. Uh, so that you know that that that's the tattoo that exists on my chest. Uh, only a few people have seen that, so you know um, keep keep that to yourselves. But uh, yeah, Fra- Franco holding uh, Thor's hammer. Uh, topless. I think it's beautiful. How do people get? How do people get your fans only page? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's my only fans page. Uh, it's John under slash Anderson under slash Handsome Boy. Um, yeah, check it out. <laughs> or you can get them. At, uh, you can get them on Twitter off at, at being sick in my mouth dot com. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've set the tone pretty early here. I think I see how this is going to. Yep. Yeah, or or my other account, which is uh, you know, at we'll we'll turn up at the opening of a envelope for the right price dot com. So you know, guys, honestly, it's it's really great to see both of you again. I wish we could do this three times a week. That would be awesome. 
so today, of course, is October 30th. I have to say happy almost Halloween. So uh, I've never even asked you, do you guys care about Halloween? Do you get dressed up and eat sweets, go to parties, or do you, you know, have a more traditional approach, sort of joining your covens to honor the end of the harvest season? Bit of both, actually. Um, bit of both. Uh, I'm, so I, I'm, I'm quite, quite very much Halloween is, Halloween is my Christmas, you know. Uh, I, I, I'm one of those guys. So I do dig getting dressed up. I love the idea of going around and fleecing richer people for sweeties. Um, so that, that will happen tomorrow. I'm very excited. Um, but yeah, but also I think it's a time time for reflection, a time for, uh, you know, join, joining your coven and just uh, being as gothic as you can be with your coven. Mm. So better both. Craig, will you be out trick-or-treating tomorrow? Uh, no, I tend to shut the curtains, turn the lights off and make sure I'm knowing. So uh, that's about it, really. No, my uh, Darcy is all set. She, uh, Logan's kind of got past it now, but uh, he was out at a, a Halloween party with all of his school pals who it was the first time he's been out to see them since he left school. Um, so funnily enough, that's why I'm not drinking beer tonight because he cleared me out of beer out of my fridge. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> and then um, uh, my daughter Darcy, she's... <clears throat> She's heading out with her pals tomorrow night to go trick-or-treating, but she's at that point now, she's old enough that she doesn't want us to come with her. So, uh, Oh, okay. My wife's out, so it'll just be me in the house, so I'll be turning the lights off and uh, making sure that I'm uh, a humbug about the whole thing. So before we get fully stuck in, I do have a few random items to float past both of you. In other words, it's quiz time. No, it's just hey. oh. Oh. <laughs> I, I think I'm out of the quiz game. I uh, fear not. <laughs> we, Those we, days we, are behind we, me. We figured out the quiz game is it's you know it sounds great in practice, but you know it doesn't necessarily translate to audio podcasts. <laughs> That's true. Um, I've had all these random notes sitting around that I'm like, oh, gotta ask this, gotta ask that. You know what? I never. Remember, so I remember when Glasgow introduced their new pricing structure right around the end of last season. Did you, John, did you end up renewing your season tickets? No, 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 absolutely didn't. Um, <clears throat> a couple of things. I mean, so I, I was quite disheartened by the product, obviously, at the time. And the fact, you know, I understand why prices went up. Um, actually, the decision for me was more about the, the, the fixture list and the you know being asked to kind of put your money out without knowing necessarily because again you know I've got my daughter every other weekend she's not coming to the rugby with me um she's been very adamant about that so you know <laughs> <laughs> asked her asked her yesterday do you want to sit and watch the Scotland game with me darling and I just got a what no <laughs> Go wow she sounds pretty smart yeah well Yes, yeah, she, she she knows what she's doing, but uh, no, I, it was it was more of the games, like being able to get along on a Friday night. I, the way the fixture list would end up working out, I'd get maybe to two or three games in the season. Oh, okay. With with the increase in the price as well, it would be like it would almost be like playing paying for an Autumn Nations series, but buying platinum tickets. Um, because you get four games and uh, you're paying through the nose for it. I've heard about that. Um, so recently on your own pod, by the way, for any listeners who have been living under the rock, uh, the rock, not, not, not the performer, the re- former wrestler, but a rock, 
<laughs> a metaphorical rock. Um, of course, John and Craig are from the Scottish Rugby Podcast. That will be linked to the, the sort of ordinary show will be linked to the podcast as long uh, as well as the, the Patreon version, which gets you the more sweary bits. And of course, one of my favorite segments every week, the Hands in the Ruck segment, which I'm really looking forward to this week. Um, so just recently, uh, you guys were talking again about the match where um, Cammy might have gotten y'all in trouble for being a little bit unruly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it just reminded me, um, so a former roommate of mine, he, he is possibly the world's, world's greatest heckler. He goes to matches and just, he, he's, you know, he's five foot three and weighs, you know, 92 pounds soaking wet, but somehow he has this voice that can fill a stadium. And he just says the weirdest things that just confuses people. So we're at a Celtics game a long time ago and, and we're playing, uh, it must've been the Lakers. So Shaquille O'Neal is on the other team. And, and Dave, who's this tiny little ginger guy just starts in with this Shaquille, I'm your father. Why don't you ever call? Your mother misses you. Where have you been? Why don't you return our Christmas cards? And like, it really gets to them after a while. I've seen I've seen it really work at, at a Red Sox game um, a long time ago. We're playing the Yankees and Andy Pettit's on the mound and Dave starts doing his same thing. Like, Andy, where have you been? Why don't you return my calls? And Andy Pettit's on the mound. He starts looking around and the stands like, where is this coming from? And then he, he throws a pitch and uh, somebody stole a base and he was so discombobulated. He didn't react in time to end up, you know, throwing the guy out. It, we got an extra base out of Dave's mouth. So, hey, so I'm <laughs> just telling you, every now and then it works, being unruly. <laughs> but maybe, maybe, maybe Cam should stop abusing mascots then. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Switch to the players, yeah. man. Switch to the players. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. No, my, my, my daughter is, uh, is 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 on the other side of things of of, of um, weird heckling. She's more of a um, when somebody gets hit and he's like, she gets the, I hope you're okay. I hope your mum and dad are proud of you. And then it's like, <laughs> that's <laughs> the good. nicest that's heckling in the world. Yeah, she's just, she's just, <laughs> just seems to just that's the way it is. But I think you know, my, my son on the other side of things, some has 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 still not got over me heckling the Benetton kicker. Um, because it was the young lad that was was kicking, and um, we're standing in the Lothian stand, um, uh, and it was Ben, and he was, t- and he took ages for the kick. He was really taking a long time, and it got to that point where you're starting to, you're starting to think, are we going to start booing or clapping him? And eventually, I just shut off. Oh, I'm not going to swear, David, but I, I, I swore and said, <laughs> "Well, you just get on with it. You're far too slow." And this lady behind me that was sitting because there's seats behind us, and then me standing in a little tier just in front. And it's, oh my goodness, that's ridiculous! Give the give the young man a chance. And I'm like, and and <laughs> just looked at me and went, he was like, I'm going to stand somewhere else, Dad. <laughs> he was like, You've got the Edinburgh fans not not enjoying it. I was like, no, okay, sorry. So after well, that happened, Craig, did you did you find well, it was towards so an internal disciplinary process by the cult. Did they, did mm. they, did they question that was, did you have to drink more Kool-Aid, less Kool-Aid? How does that work? It doesn't work. I, because I'm the leader, I don't, I, they, they, you know, <laughs> they, they, all, they all start, they all started shouting at, shouting at Bennett and playing. They, they all followed you, yeah. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Love it. Well, you guys also mentioned uh, that booing is not allowed. 
which you know, I'm like I paid my money, I, I bought my seat, I can boo, I, you know, I'm, I'm not hurling expletives and I'm not threatening anyone. I can I can boo whenever I want. That's part it's part of sports. Um, you you both of you must have seen Spinal Tap at some point, right? Yeah. Yes. That, yes. When when they do the uh, when they you know they say you are witnesses for the rebirth of Spinal Tap Mark Two. They do their jazz odyssey at like an amusement park. Yeah. There's a kid sitting in the crowd who's just sitting there, just thumbs down. He's sitting there looking bored. He doesn't leave. He just sits there with his thumb out down. And I'm like, that is a that's a pro move. That that's a good heckle move right there. Absolutely. And I think I think I was very, very heartened to hear Scotland fans. I wasn't there uh, on the weekend, but I did hear Scotland fans booing the Australian kicker at one point because it was taking too long. So um, I'm glad to see that they're uh, sticking it to the man, um, sticking it to the SRU and not letting them. Um, it's, it's a ridiculous statement to put out. It really is. It was just... just it, you know. it, it seems like you're inviting it when you say, hey, fans, by the way, don't boo. I guess what's going to happen? And, and and everybody knows. I think Danny Kerr was 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 on the uh, on on his BBC podcast that he does, and he was saying that that um, Marty Field was one. That, of the that was around the turn of the century, I think, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, and he was saying that Murray Field is one of the horriblest places to go. Um, everyone oh. says everyone says, oh, it's a fantastic place to go and visit and, and, and be part of the crowd. But but for England England players, it's a horrible place to go because everyone's so vile and horrible to them. And it's like, well, yeah, that's oh. that's what the booing's about. Let's keep the booing up. You know, I don't want to have any. I don't want to. You know, that makes me feel very good. <laughs> On the on the counterpoint to that though, the crowd at the weekend, it was incredibly quiet. Like I don't know, like it, I was watching it on television at home. The comms mentioned it. There was it was so dead. It really, like they really struggled for atmosphere at the weekend. It was, uh, it was weird. Difficult. Yeah, the comms mentioned it. They were like, I guess they're waiting for the action to start, and it was like at a half the half hour mark or something yeah, when they said yeah. that. I was like, uh, there's already been a score or two. Yeah, uh, Scotland have scored by that point. Of you know, yeah, it's weird. And Murrayfield can be like that at times. You know, like, like Craig says, you know, against England, usually it's absolutely raucous. You know, there's it's just there's a tension in there that's amazing to be part of, and you you kind of you, you feed off it. Everyone else feeds off it. I don't know with it, with it being the start of the autumn, or with it with everything that's happened with Scotland and you know various team selection. There was almost, for me, a nervousness in the crowd of, I don't really yep. know what to feel at this point. <laughs> like, do you think I, I it's because excited, of... But not excited? Do you think it's because of the Argentina series just a few months ago? Do you think people are, are just kind of sitting on the edge of their seats like, I don't know what we're getting today? I think I think it's probably more even more cumulative than that. I think it's Argentina, it's the Six Nations, mm. uh, the, the kind of tepid way Scotland, you know, Scotland started the Six Nations beating England probably didn't deserve to be England. I think a lot of people have not necessarily reflected on that. Scotland should have been put away that day. And then the rest of the tournament was very tepid. And then the autumn, uh, sorry, not the autumn, the summer, you know, there was moments, there was brilliant moments in that summer, but ultimately it's a defeat. It's a, it's a tour defeat. And then you come into an autumn, a year out from a World Cup, and you've got all the furore around the he who shall not be named, not getting picked and, um, you know the, the various towns. We shall be naming him. Don't worry. Oh yes, I, 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 I think we might. Um, but uh, you know, it, 
I think Scotland fans are just in this weird situation. A year out from a World Cup, for me, there's almost an acceptance of we're not getting out of the group stages, we're not playing well, we're experimenting with things and we're trying things, but ultimately it seems like the dying gasps of a of a coach who probably should have been out of position a year ago, two years ago. And it's it's quite sad to watch. And actually, as a fan, it's quite hard to get excited about it. So, I mean, that's just my view on it. I know plenty of people do get excited about it. And that's fine. Craig, agree? Disagree? Yeah, I think I think um, it's it's difficult because obviously I I I love my team. I love I love what they do, and I want to support them wholeheartedly. And so does John. The problem we have now is that there's, and I get I can only really equate it to almost um, politics. Uh, you know, whether it's UK or American politics, we're at this point where there Uh-oh. are. That, that we're, we've got these two factions now and we've got the factions who are SRU 100% back the SRU and back, back Townsend and, and, and want everything to be, you know, how dare anybody question the SRU or, the, or Townsend and then you've got another faction who they're not happy with anything, um, you know, and, and I'm sure we'll talk about it further down the line, but it, 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 I'm I certainly came away um, and thankfully Edinburgh Rugby saved my mood today um, because I came away from the week. Uh, my weekend has been spoiled this weekend and it's, and it's a mixture of, of how, how, how Scotland are playing, the build-up of, you know, if you talk to me, I think, I think, in fact, I think you talked to me before the uh, Six Nations started. I thought I had it in my mind that Scotland had a chance of winning it. And it's this lack of promise, this 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 taking world class players and and you know either not using them or not getting them the ball or they're underperforming, and it just it's a build on and a build up and a build up and a build up, and it's now at a point where I I I really worry that it's that it's not rescuable. Um, wow. And that's that's my concern now. And so you've got these two factions. You've got the you've you've got the 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 coaching issues. You've got the lack of use of players, and it just is just building and building and building. And and and, and it's almost like we're, you know, we're, I'm not excited about the Six Nations. I'm not excited about the work. Oh, I'm going to go. I've got I've paid over the odd tickets as as John has just mentioned for the for the for the New Zealand game. And I'm going to watch New Zealand because I love New Zealand. You know, I want to see I want to see Scotland really play against. I want to take my kids to see New Zealand play and see actually you've seen the All Blacks play. Yeah. So I, I think that's the the, the 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 it shouldn't be that way. Uh, a year ago, I would take take my kids to go and see Scotland play, and that's my concern. It's it's and and you know you maybe shoot me for having that attitude, but that's that's the way it seems to be. I don't think you're wrong, Craig. Don't think you're wrong in the slightest. It is it's that way. It's you're really at that position now where, you know, don't get me wrong, I was screaming and shouting at the television last night as as every every Scotland fan watching it probably was, but ultimately was I, you know, there's been defeats in the past that I've been really been like upset about and bothered about and, you know, both at Glasgow, actually Glasgow, Edinburgh, Scotland, all, you know, all, all, all have had situations where there's been defeats that have happened that have, it's really hurt. 
last night wasn't one of them. Um, I wasn't that bothered because I'm thinking I'm on the countdown till October 2023 where we can get a new coach and start building again. I mean, this is the weirdest of all fixtures when you've got, okay, it's it's an international test, but I mean, was it a capped test? I, I feel like because is it capped if it's outside of the official window? It's still, it can be okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. But only Scotland eligible players. And so all these people aren't available. So it hurts both URC teams a little more, but also hurts Scotland more. It's a really weird fixture. Do you want to take that one, Craig? Because I'm confused on that. It's, it, it, yeah, it, it's, I can understand. Wales are doing the same, were, were attacked for doing a similar thing, although they haven't done it. I think, are they not doing it after the Autumn Nations? I think they've got a game the other side. Um, but uh, I think it's a difficult one because you, you know, you want your, your um, because of the pandemic and because of everything that's been going on, they're, they're looking for ways of raising revenue. So, um, so that they're going to take it on. The problem you then have is that, you, you know, there's there's two different things happen. You you then can only select Scottish players, uh, as in Scottish players playing in Scotland. You can't play. You can't play anyone who's playing out with Scotland um, in the team. Um, so you you lose certain players. Well, some players aren't actually picked, but that's a different story. Um, and then and then you have this um, this fixture. I think also the Australia fixture was a real difficult one because all of a sudden all these people pay good money for these tickets. They then find out they're not going to see the highlight. You know the guys that they really want to go and see. And then there's a real strike. And then they've got to try and find a way of getting to the get. You know. Okay, fair enough. Us Scots are typical, you know. Oh God, we can't get the train, so we can't have a drink. We're going to have to drive. How dare we? Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's it, it's just that whole, you know. I've never seen so many tickets up for sale on on forums and on on Facebook and things like that. Um, so it, it's a really difficult one. I think it's be. I think it's a mixture of both the SRU just trying to make some money. Um, fans being disappointed that certain players aren't going to be playing, and the real strike really kicked it in the and kicked it in the proverbials as well. You know, it's interesting to the point you mentioned there, Craig, about the SRU trying to make money. Though that really will stick in the craw of a lot of people, given that the SRU accounts actually look quite healthy. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. you know, there the was that recent report about this. Yeah, the, oh, yeah. we've got so much money, we don't know what to well, do with it. We're, we're actually quite well off. The ticket prices are massive. People, you know, for actually, for a lot of people, like I, I, I went off and a guy online recently because actually he was like, Oh, you know, I only found out a week before the match that it was outside the window. I'm like, well, then that's your stupid fault. You know, you don't go and pay hundreds of quid for tickets if you don't know what you're getting. It's to be fair, even I knew that. Yeah, and it was. It, I it was mean, also not... the. Sorry, John. I don't mean. Sorry. No, no. You go, okay, please, um, please, please. The, the the other bit of it for me was the fact that, like, you know, we just talked about. I'm taking my family to go and see New Zealand and and uh, Scotland v New Zealand. Um, there was no option for an under sixteen ticket, a child yeah. ticket. There was no option for um a senior citizen or a student ticket. It was all just. The, the really? Yeah, it is, yeah. It is a seat. You pay for a seat. For and a that seat. is doesn't it. Matter. So you could take your, you know, okay, fair enough. A baby on your on your lap isn't a problem, but it's, you could take your three year old kid that needs a seat. You have to pay a. You have to pay. That seems tone deaf. That seems utterly tone deaf. 
Well, but you know, I, I think you'll probably, the, the, yeah, Johnny. I mean, you know, they've been a bit tone deaf with the whole thing. I think also Glasgow, the, the Glasgow tickets, etc. They were a bit tone deaf with Glasgow as well. So it's it's. But then, I could I could go into it, David, about how their their their, their marketing department, their their, uh, their 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 media department are being tone deaf. Their commu- sorry, their communications department is being tone deaf. Um, that you know things like you know the women going off to their first ever World Cup to go coach. You know it was all these different things. Just it's like come on, you know. Um, so yeah, there's there's lots of things we could probably talk about or how tone deaf the SRU are. It, st- it still jumps out as amateur o'clock when the SRU speak. You almost like as a as a Scottish rugby fan, and me and Craig have spoken about this in the past. You almost sit there and you're wincing, going. What are they going to say? Because you could know, like all other nations, you know that for the most part, yeah, you know, other nations get it wrong as well. And we, we've seen that, all blacks. Um, <coughs> all blacks. <laughs> but um, for the most part, other nations will get their, their media at least in the vicinity of right. Scotland, you never know what you're going to get. And for the most part, it is generally amateurish. And the, yeah, it's, it, it's, it's misreading the room so often. And, you know, actually, on the point of Glasgow tickets, Craig, I absolutely love, 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 love every single home game. I get sent an email to say, John, come and join us for this game against this team. By the way, here's 15% off every single time because they're not selling enough tickets and they know they're not. And it is now the season ticket holders and the guys who are buying tickets before that are now getting annoyed at that. And they're complaining about it, and it's just like it's such well, I, a mess. I had the same thing. I I bought my son's my son now because he's over six. You bought the season ticket, and I then a season yeah. ticket for him, and then all, and and he's 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 now class as an adult, but he's a student. But there was no option for that, and then all of a sudden they, they no, there was it. an option for that. They'll take that back. He bought he did get a student ticket, but it was a hundred and odd pounds, uh, 150, 160 quid or whatever it was. I forget what it was. But then they then all of a sudden they went, oh yeah, uh, students, you can now buy a season ticket for for Edinburgh for ninety nine pound. And I'd already uh, paid, I'd already paid for my season ticket, and it's like, well, can I get my money back? No. Oh my no, gosh! Of course not. Of course not. And it's yeah. like it's ridiculous. A ninety nine pound season ticket though. Oh my goodness! We're, oh, through through here, you would you would get a fish supper for ninety nine quid at Scotston. <laughs> that is true. Uh, Okay, I need to take a, a hard turn here. Uh, this past weekend, as you know, uh, a couple of teams came down with acute cases of Glasgow enteritis. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> South Africa is pissed. So last year, around this time, it was the Omicron thing and the the European clubs panicked. And the, as you well remember, everything was handled really badly. The whole thing was botched. <laughs> This time around, handling things badly. A bunch of old entitled guys in charge. Anyway, <laughs> they're like, "Well, wait a second. Like the, I think it was the the head of the South African Rugby Union is like, his comments were along the lines of, "Is this even a professional league? You're telling me you have a tummy bug and we can't fulfill these fixtures." But and the the main thing I'm hearing is like. This is twice in a row when European teams have come down and said, okay, we're about to play 
oh, wait a second. Actually, we, we've unilaterally decided these games can't be played. We're, we're not playing them. They're postponed. We're not forfeiting. They're postponed. And South Africa is like, uh, how funny is that? We finally had our full list of Springboks lined up for y'all. Like this was, we set up fan experiences. We set up all these things ahead of time. And you just decide we're not playing. Like they are super angry. Um, do they have a legit beef for you? Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. If it was in the, if the shoe was on the other foot, we would be raging. We would be absolutely tearing forums apart, raging. I, let's move away from the the vagaries of the fixture system and how it's panned out, and you know the the Ottoman internationals and the way that you know what that is Scotland's decision to play a game out with the window. Therefore, you know, the, the fact that Glasgow are going to South Africa a couple of weeks before that, that that's a Scotland problem. That's not a URC problem. And I said at the start when the fixtures were released, it was like, that's, it's tough. It's tough, but it's a Glasgow and Scotland problem. If in any other situation, if that was COVID, the South African teams would get the win, right? If it was um, you've went down and you've just got a load of injuries and ultimately you've ended up with a squad that you couldn't fulfill a fixture, you would probably have to forfeit. If it was club rugby, you would forfeit. You would turn up with 11 players and go, do you know what, we'll have a bounce game. You give us a couple of players, but ultimately, you know, the fixture's yours. That, that, that's, that's it. On the other side of it as well, again, back to tone death, you're now saying that you've got a team that have had a long-haul flight down to South Africa. Um, the reason we've got these South African mini-tours is to reduce carbon footprint, is to reduce travel time, is to reduce the burden on professional players when we know actually the impact of travel is significant. And you're now saying we're going to have to reschedule in the middle of a packed season with a World Cup at the end of it, no less. We're going to have to reschedule a tour to South Africa for one game. For Glasgow, one game for Ulster. Absolute morons. It is nonsense. It should have been given five pointer to the South African teams. It, you know, if it is rescheduled, it works out beautifully for Glasgow. It works out beautifully for Ulster. But remember, the South Africans are bringing a lot, to, a lot of money to this as well. They are going to be raging. Craig, can you believe John just gave up five points against his own team? You, you've got to agree now, right? Are you in a, are you backed into a corner here to agree? No, no, I I agree because well, Glasgow will be shipping five points regularly. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa! There we go. Don't <laughs> But no, um, it's, it, 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 I totally agree with John. Um, I personally would have just you know if it was. I think it's ridiculous, um, a mixture of all those reasons. Everything that John has said is absolutely bang on. I've not got very much to say past it. What I will say, however, is that um, there is one team who, A, um, have an opportunity to maybe win this this, this year um, and also seem to have World Rugby URC uh, in the same building um, uh, as the as their um, uh, their uh, governing body is at the same time, and that's Ulster. And all of a sudden, it was Ulster were ill as well. Oh, we must reschedule these games. So, uh, if it was Glasgow on its own, I don't know if you would actually see them being rescheduled. Um, and that's me being uh, a conspiracist. Interesting. Well, Glasgow uh. had suggested they, they they were ill previous week. There was there was there was yeah, people yeah, ill were, the yeah. previous week. Yeah, yeah. It's, and, it's an ongoing investigation. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of, I have doubts that these things are ever going to be rescheduled. Well, I did see something about um, uh, people were being warned not to go in the go in the water. Um, at the yeah, time, yeah. Uh, because there was no, the, the, stuff like that in the water, but the flooding know. and the sewerage problems in Durban, in particular, yeah. really, really bad right now. That so everyone made that assumption right off the bat, and then South Africa has strongly come out and said, "No, no, no, no. y'all brought that with you. It's they weren't <laughs> in the same hotel." Uh, you know, it's two different diseases in two different groups. Don't act like you all got the same thing from the same water in the same hotel. That's not how it happens. So, you know, oh. the investigation is ongoing. Yeah. Bit, yeah. Bit, bit of E. coli, though. That's that's a good effort. Like, if you're going to go down with a decent illness, let's get a bit of E. coli in there. What? Well, we're at it. Let's get some salmonella. Let's get some legionnaires in there as well. Well, we're at it. Let's properly go. I know. Can we bring some, some more diseases back from the Dark Ages? Maybe y'all can exactly. get lockjaw. Exactly, yeah. Right, Wilson, we're back lockjaw. You take your hat off to the South Africans, they do it big every, everything. <laughs> Everything's big. Everything's big in South Africa. Absolutely. Right. Well, there might be a merchandising opportunity here. We can call it G. coli and have a very specific Glas Glaswegian strain of this disease. <laughs> there's many, there's many, there's right, many strains uh, of things that come out of Glasgow. That's for sure. <laughs> Just deep, deep fry it. No problem. Just yeah, deep fry. Yeah, it. Back in your box, Craig Manson. Back in your box. <laughs> So it's not wrong as, though. Like, are we are we trapped in govern with any night of the week? You'll see you'll see illnesses you've never seen before. Beautiful. <laughs> I feel like E. coli is going to be a DJ name at some point soon. Soon too. It's a Yorkshire, uh, Yorkshire DJ. <laughs> DJ coli. Uh, I like it. I like it. So at some point. I have no idea when, but I signed up for a Scottish rugby email list of some sort. So I get this ra these random emails, you know, with pre-match info, Murrayfield info in particular. So I got one, I guess it was, it was either Thursday or Friday, and I actually decided to read it for a change. It, it contained several gems that I need to talk to you guys about. One of which was, it was talking about the food options at Murrayfield. And it said... It said Scottish rugby itself on promoting, they forgot the word prides in there, but Scottish, they should have said for Scottish rugby prides itself, itself on promoting the very best of Scotland's food and drink with several small, small artisan uh, artisan producers around the ground. For example, look out for Bonnie Burrito behind the West Stand, well known in the city for offering Mexican food, with a distinctly Scottish twist. That scared the crap out of me. Can any of you talk me <laughs> off ledge on this one? It's a burrito deep fried. It's just dipped in butter and thrown in a fryer. Uh, in a fryer. And you dip it in an iron brew sauce before you eat it. Aye. It's just a bottle of iron brew and, and wrapped inside it's a tortilla. It's a subtle then... orange sauce. Yeah, and it's going to cost you £17 for the yeah. burrito. No, well, I, I don't know if either of you know the... Uh, oh, sorry, go ahead. No, uh, the, 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 you can. Do you like the artisan food selection at Murrayfield? Let's just say artisan uh, equals taking money out your wallet. Yes. Um, and the problem you have is if if they actually what the the obviously these vendors and it's the, the vendors that are on site. Um, have to pay an extraordinary amount of money to have their vending vans on site. And I totally understand that they have to get their money back. 
the problem you have is when you're paying ten pounds for a fish supper um, at uh, even just on a night at the dam, uh, and you get a portion of chips that you could have probably just bought out the bought out the out the freezer section, put into the into your oven, um, and then you could have done it for about a pound fifty for six nights worth of chips if you want. It, the, the food, certain things are good, certain things are just awful, and unfortunately you're 70% awful and probably 30% good at, uh, and, and, and so it's a whole thing. So I'm, the, I'm, sorry. There's, a, there's an American comedian, Greg Proops, who ended up moving to England, poor guy, but um, he did a whole routine about uh, how it's impossible to find good Mexican food in the UK anywhere, and his theory was the reason for that is the following conversation never took place. Pedro, let us leave this land of sunshine and flavor and go to a dinky, dirty island where pieces down rain all the time. <laughs> it's fair. It's fair. I think, like, to expand on it slightly as well, it's not just the catering options, right? <clears throat> you know, you go, you go to events and you get charged through the nose for foods. Uh, and at times, you know, it sticks in your craw, but see if you get a good service or the, the catering staff are, you know, almost like part of the atmosphere. You'd be, you'd be like, all right, you know what? Fine. I've got absolutely shafted there, but they were really nice and so be it, right? They're, they're making their living, so be it. I was at Scottsdale um, for this, whatever game it was, Stormers game? Was it Stormers? Whatever game we won at home, we absolutely ransacked them. Um, yeah. Whatever game that was, just just a couple of weeks ago. I'm surprised and you I, can't remember because it's the only time you have. Oh, Craig, I can't remember much often, <laughs> uh, and the reason for that <laughs> might have been. So we went, we were, we were over in the main stand, so we had quite a crap experience in the new bar that Glasgow have now put what can only be described as a, a, a guy with a piano well, a keyboard in the corner and he twinkled away and it was a bit shite. Sorry, rubbish. <laughs> Edit that. Um, but we were in the main stand and we went up to get some drinks. I'm not, I'm not, convinc I'm not convinced shite counts as a swear in the United States. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's the spirit. There we go. So we went, went to the bar. There's a bar in the main stand as well. So we popped up there and uh, went to get these drinks. And the girl, like, half fills a cup. And I'm like, well, where's the... And then spills a bit. And I'm like, well, you want to top that up, eh? And she was like... She just kind of looked at me going, nah. And then the other drink we got, um, <laughs> so they rung it through. And they, like, they just clicked, kept clicking the button. And it was two drinks, and she was like, "So that's a uh, thirty-seven pounds." And we're like, "No, it's not." <laughs> Does that come with a bag of cocaine? <laughs> no, 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 it's not. She just pressed the button like six times, and we're like, uh, "I don't think that's right." She went, "It's just like it should be about nine pounds." And she was like, "Oh, okay, two seconds," and then she clicked the button some more, and then she was came back. And she was like, uh, "Yeah, no, it's it's like." 57 pounds? And we're like, what are you doing? Stop pressing the button. Just look, that's the price. 
<laughs> and eventually, like I, I got like the supervisor to come over. I was like, "What is going on here?" He's like, "Yeah, uh, I'm really sorry. Uh, like, she's new. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, but I sorry about that." I was like, "Well, can I get a top up my paint?" And he was like, "No." <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> the thing is, it's like, like, like. You know, America, and, and, and I was in Canada, and I know, you know, I've mentioned, I've mentioned the C word. Sorry, John. Uh, sorry, David, blame, I should say, but um, blame, blame Canada. Blame Canada, but um, you know, there's actually no such country. I've learned, so don't worry. Okay, no worries. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> it's just a wall, and then it just falls off the other side. Yeah, no problem. Um, and then there's a massive know, sea serpent that kind of goes along yeah. the. Yeah, I'm pretty yeah, sure. Yeah. Pretty sure. That, a, a large wolf. Um, but I think uh, they do food trucks really, really well. And I just don't, you know, what they could do at, at Murrayfield, you would get more people spending money if if you did food trucks and allowed food trucks. And there's a, there's a big car park down at the, at the end of the north stand. There's a big car park at the bottom of the, the south stand. You could have a big food truck village in there and invite all the artisan people you want. And I would pay more money for something that's decent. The problem I yeah. have is that New Zealand is doing that right. One thing New Zealand's actually doing right, the NPC, every game you see, I, I don't know if they don't have in-house vending, but it's all food trucks and it's like, hot donuts! I'm like, yes! Yes! Fresh hot donuts? I'm there! That sounds great! Can you, can you imagine the, the thing they also do in North America, um, that idea of people going about with paints in the in the stand, you know, and almost selling drinks yep. in the stands. Yep. They do it in Italy as well during the Six Nations, and yep. you know, like if someone was doing that, see the, the amount of money that a vendor would make just from walking around, like and and whisper it, would it shut up the tartan slipper brigades being like, oh, well, you know, you're always just getting up to go to the toilets and go for a drink instead of watching the rugby, you know. It, <laughs> I think it'd be a great idea. I have no idea who you're referring to right now. No, but that's at, but this is actual a, impression of like seventy percent of money right there. Well, how, how, <laughs> the thing is, you go, you go. We we buy them in fours because there's usually when I'm when I'm there with with Johnny and the other couple of lads we go with, it's it's four beers. So one person four buys beers. four, another person buys four, and then you've got two beers to go back and sit down, and you've got two beers yep. will get you through a half. Because I'm normal, I'm not a drinker. Um, and the problem is, you when you go there. You want a lager, so it's tenants, and you order, so you order a tenant. You order a tenant. You order a, a, a gin, whatever the ginger. I'll call it ginger beers. Crabbies, uh, crabbies. and you get handed a tray of four tins. Yep. It's like, hang on a minute. I can for the money I've just given you for four, I can go and buy two twenty-four packs of tenants in the supermarket. <laughs> what are yep. you doing here? Yes, it was. I remember the days though, John, when it was Carling and it was warm Carling. Oh, I remember the rubber oh, bottles? Carling. The wasn't rubber bottles, a, I remember that. That was awful. Yeah. Me, me awful. And my friends, a, we went to the Scotston Sevens and we got rubber bottles of God knows what it was we were drinking. And we got rubber bottles. And uh, we were quite drunk by this point. And we thought, well, rubber bottles. So we started battering each other with them. And then like, other people in the crowd joined in. And obviously it's a seven, so all sorts of nonsense happens. But yeah, we just had like a proper like plastic bottle fight. It was great. <laughs> Classic hooliganism. <laughs> yeah. 
that's the Scott. That's the Scottish rugby verse now. Uh, ice hockey. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- that's actually literally the reason they started uh, the NFL started uh, switched from bottles to the plastic bottles is because of Philadelphia, basically, because Philadelphia fans will throw anything at you. They're like, oh, this glass thing. Here you go. And at one point, fans literally brought batteries with them just to throw batteries at players like that, that's very specific. I don't know how sounds they organize like, that. Sounds, sounds like the football crew, I'm going to say. It sounds like, uh, you know, but... Uh... I was wondering where you were going with that. Did you notice I said football? You notice I said football. I didn't see a team because I wasn't going to get you know you know I could just get in hate mail anyway. That's it's, a different story. it's quite interesting, isn't it? That if if that is the level, so I think I think that's quite sad in a sense. And if that's the level of kicks you get, and actually, if you've been watching at all, I don't know, like. Uh, the Maiden Wrexham documentary, the Ryan Reynolds. I was Reynolds. just going to mention that. Great. Oh, yeah. I haven't yet. I heard it's really, really good. Yeah, it's ama- amazing, amazing footage. But actually, there's an episode that looks at hooliganism, and it talks about like one of the guys who, you know, it basically, basically just, and he's like, I, I just, I love it. I just go along and have a scrap and fight, and and then his girlfriend loses a job opportunity because of him. And there's no apology or anything. Like there's there's nothing. Like, but it's just honestly, you're 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 looking at him going, you are actually an idiot, like an absolute muppet. Um, and and that that to me is incredibly sad. If that is your life and that is the kicks you get out of your life, what is missing in your life that 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 you think bringing a battery? Or a couple of batteries along to an ice hockey game to lob at professional people just doing their bloody job. Ridiculous. So I'm once again going to take a massively hard turn here. We should, because <laughs> um, that 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 that's going in a very specific direction, actually. Yeah. Um you guys very well covered in the last week all of the Finn stuff. The the lack of selection of Finn. I have a few potentially uncomfortable questions about this. Um, I think, you know, from a base point, we all agree. Um, it's a very strange decision, if I can put it lightly, that Toonsy did not select uh, Finn for this this autumn. Um, I feel like you always want to pick your best player. Um, I think the, the, the line about, oh, well, I'm not picking him because of form is so transparently just not true that, it really makes him look bad as well. But here's what I'm wondering, because Gregor said, oh, well, you know, if he regains some form, I'll, I'll call He might come back for this series. He, he, he's eligible for the, the Six Nations. I have a, I'm going to start with a, a majorly devil's advocate question. Is it possible? I mean, you, you all have said that he's very popular with the other players, but is it possible that there are some players in the camp right now who are like, I'm actually glad Finn's not here because it's drama that we don't want. Is that possible? Yes. I think, I think, I think the problem you have, um, uh, the, the problem you have at this moment in time is that unfortunately Gregor Townsend does not really, because of his comments, because of the way he's gone about it, 
he doesn't have any credibility with the Scotland fans. Now, you've got certain Scotland fans out there who will fixate on things, and I still saw online um, why the hell is Blair Kinghorn playing this weekend when we've got Hastings and Finn? Well, because they couldn't, neither of them could play for Scotland. So, they could play you know, this week. That made me weekend, mad. So yeah, that was dumb. Get back, get back in your box. Um, but the, the, the problem is that Scotland fans would understand if he was, if they would just turn, if he, you know, well, first things first, he's no longer Tooney because he's, he's now, he's now Gregor Townsend because things are serious now and he has to get his full name, his Sunday name. Um, and then, his Sunday is, name. Yeah, he's now at a point where he is, he's lost all credibility with the fans. If he just turned around and said, Finn is a distraction within the team, he's causing problems within the, he's not playing to my, He's, you're right, he is not playing to what I want him to, how I want them to play. And I am Scotland's coach. I'm a, I'm a British and Irish Lions coach. You know, I've got some skin in the game here. This is the way it is. And I've dropped him because he was out partying when I asked him not to. And he's not been, I, in my eyes, he's not playing to the game plan I want him to play. And it's been, we've got to that point where I've asked him to play it. He won't play it. He won't do this. He won't do that. So it's my way to highway. I would respect him more. Absolutely. And that's the that's the issue yeah, we have right. at this moment in time. You know, it's I, I I'm sure John's got plenty to say about it, but I just feel that you know if I was you know me and my coaching side of things, I will you know I'll drop a player if a player's if a player's um, uh, causing problems within the team because you want the team to be playing, you know, a certain way. However, what what. It's just unfortunately that that Gregor Townsend has uh, he's either started to believe his own hype and he can do whatever he wants, but I I would respect that. I would say to him, yeah, do whatever you want if he just told the truth. Exactly, uh, like yeah, go ahead. Uh, yeah, like I was sorry on you on, on you go, dude. Sorry, I'm jumping in. No, uh, there's the the. Fans' perspective, who are like, Finn's the best, you're stupid for not picking him. It's a simplistic view, and but possibly accurate. And Townsend's just not doing himself any favors by not sort of acknowledging that. It's like he doesn't even know that, in a way. Like, just say, I know all of you love Finn. I don't think Finn is the best thing for Scotland right now. I want Scotland to win. And I think we're better served and will be more likely to win without him right now. That's all he has to do. The, the the way he's come out with these pre-verifications and, oh, it's on form when everyone who's actually watched him knows it's not form. It just makes him look disingenuous, which makes everything seem bad, right? Like the, Anyway, I'm sorry. I'm going on about John. No, not, not at all. So, Peter, uh, Gre- Gregor, Peter, John Townsend, we're going to go full Sunday name on him. Uh, if he wants to put his initials on his coaching stuff, then we'll go full Sunday name. No, you're, ab- you're absolutely right. <clears throat> it is, for me, right, and this is going to sound quite strong, but it is insulting to the people who have turned up to matches and who have literally paid this guy's wages that he has the absolute gall to stand in front of a media and say, we're picking on form, We've got the. It is clearly not that, and every single Scottish fan is sitting there going, "That is absolutely wrong." Whether you choose to pick Finn or not, 
you need to be honest about that. And it is disgusting to see a Scottish rugby coach stand in front of the media and lie to the fans. That is what he has just done. He has lied to the fans. He has exactly like, why doesn't he say, I'm trying to light light a rocket under this guy's ass? I think he, I think he can be a key for us, but he's not there now. And I need to teach him a lesson. Tell us that. So many ways he could have done it, but no, he absolutely bottled it. And he went down a route where he's lied to Scottish rugby fans. He, he should have been out of a job a couple of years ago. It should have been, he should be out of a job this week as well, actually, for that reason. But that, that's a different conversation. I appreciate people will be like, well, who takes over? Doesn't matter who takes over. We're not getting out of the groups anyway. Let's let's start building for the future. Gregor Townsend has absolutely disrespected Scottish rugby. I get it. I get it. I see what you're getting at. Fine. I'll do it. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bit First step, pick Finn. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But at least I'd pick Finn, right? Um, so here's awkward question. The second and I so I doubt this has ever happened. the The notion of playing for your country is so huge and so important. Gregor has said, "Oh, well, I'm not picking for this, but you know he's still eligible down the road and so on. Is there a possibility that even at the end of this autumn nations or maybe for six nations, Gregor says, "Hey, Finn, I'm glad I've, uh, I've been watching you at Rassing. You're doing great. Uh, you're back. I want you back again." Is there a chance that Finn says, screw you? No, I don't want to play for you. Is the call of the, the, the home nation too strong to ever do that? Does any player ever do that? Like, Because it, it feels like if that's possible, Finn might be the player to do that. I, th- I think Finn, Finn may well do that. And I wouldn't, be, I wouldn't be surprised and I would support his decision in that. Because I think actually, given his history with various parts of the SRU, uh, given the way that he has been treated by by Gregor over the last few while. I get that there's always two sides to a story, but ultimately the point for, for me, and back to that disrespecting of Scotland fans, Scotland fans are paying a lot of money to see our talent and see our players play. And yes, there's plenty of talent on show at the weekend, plenty of players, but ultimately, you know, you pick your best players. Uh, and <clears throat> I wouldn't be surprised if Finn says, do you know what? No, no, I don't need a World Cup. I'm going to go and make mega bucks, and there's a reason he's making mega bucks. Let's let's be clear about that. It's not because he's make mercurial. He's this. He's that. Every coach that worked with him. All oh, that mercurial maverick stuff. Like no, no, no. He's incredible. That's the word. We don't read, need read, the other words. In the in the UK, there was an interview um, with. Oh, so I think I think it might have went global as well. There was an interview with one of his coaches at Racing. And they, they're basically saying, we are absolutely delighted Scotland haven't picked him because guess what? He is bloody brilliant. And this is what it does. This is what it does. And this is what it does. And they talk about all that nonsense that we believe about Finn Russell. It's all crap. It's all nonsense. It is, you know, Finn Russell is a dedicated professional rugby player. Yes, he doesn't necessarily subscribe to rugby as life like some others, but he's a dedicated in incredibly, incredibly studious uh, rugby player. And any coach in the world would be an absolute idiot to not pick him. I think, I think the other thing, though, you, you do have to get to that point. I think um, I, I'm more angry about the lying than, than the decision. Because yeah, yeah, the, deci- the decision, uh, you know, 
he's definitely in a situation where Finn's believing his own hype and drinking his own Kool-Aid. And he's he's he could be at the point where you know we don't know. We're not in that we're not in that process of being a Scotland coach and talking yeah. to Finn about, you know, and in, in, in Racing, you know, he's in amongst world-class players to a man at Racing. Yeah, um, the top 14 is way too tough and serious a league for him to, to behave like, you know. He, he, there's no way he has those illusions. Well, that's that's the thing. It's, it's I, I'm you know, I've met Finn before and he's been a very nice person, happy to take a selfie to the kids, Absolutely, standing in, standing in at Murrayfield uh, in the in the, the bar upstairs, and it was just uh, and it wasn't even a Scott, it wasn't even a big. I think it was the the the, the finals of the women's uh, and the and the bowl finals of the men's and uh, of the cup competitions, and he was there and he was just chatting with everyone. He was just there to be there, and 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 that's you know. So I've got no skin in the game on this one. I can only you know I can only there's 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 two things happening here. Someone's believing their own hype. Gregor Townsend's believing his own hype, and I think, and, and Finn Russell could be believing his own own, right, own hype. And then that's the that's the the issue you have. And when you've got these two, you know, Townsend and Finn Russell are very very close to each other, as in personalities wise. Because Townsend was the Finn Russell of his time, and he, like, okay, let me rephrase that because Townsend's nowhere near what Finn Russell is, but he was at that time. People Connect. looked at him and thought he was Connect. material. And he was, he was, uh, you know, you'd have a really awful game, and then you'd have an abs- a game that you'd look at him and go, "Wow, this, this guy's a worldie." So that's uh, that's you know, you've got you've got one person saying, "You've got to play this way. You've got to believe me. This is the way I want you to go." And you've got someone else going, "Well, well, yeah, I've done that, but I think it's crap. I'm going to play this way," and he gets the results, and then all of a sudden, the Scotland fans are with him, not with the coach. Something's going to happen. The problem you have with also the lie is the fact that if he says, "Oh well, I've left Finn out because he's just you know Finn's he's he's about to just have a baby and he's you know I'm I'm, I'm giving him some time and this that the other." Oh, you're then all you've then got is Finn in the in the press saying, "Well, actually, no, I'm I'm fine. The missus has told me I can go and play for <coughs> Scotland," and and then all of a sudden it's Townsend. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? So it's really been a difficult situation. Finn's not shy to stick the knife in in the press. Oh, I- yeah, yeah. And and you know, and that that is a direct consequence of what happened with his dad in the SRU. That yeah. that is absolutely like, there's no doubt that is directly from that. So because Finn doesn't That's have a great that point. That's a great point. relationship with the SRU, he's he is absolutely more than happy. He's probably sitting there going, Oh, great, they've given me another chance to go and speak well, to the Times. Maybe he, 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 he did the whole Childish thing of, and I don't mean this the wrong way about it. But he did the whole child thing. It was, it's fine. I don't, I don't like travelling backwards and forwards anyway. I'm happy to stay here. He never I, said it's. He never said it's fine. Well, he it said French, it's, it, He said it's a positive in the sense that I yeah. don't necessarily. I find it quite difficult travelling back yeah. and forwards. Rock picked it up and was like, Finn Russell doesn't care about Scotland. <laughs> it was never said that. It never said that. He but says, as we would all think. Yeah, it's the two sides yeah. of it. Uh, but I, I do believe that it's 70% Tooney and 30% Finn. I honestly believe that. I might be. As long as he's in range for his dad to pick him up, he's fine. Yeah, absolutely. There was, there was a really there. interesting point made, actually, and I know it's persona non grata regarding the podcast, Craig, but there's a really interesting point about Stuart McAnally made, actually, in terms of Townsend's management, particularly after the last World Cup and how. 
Stuart McAnally kind of got hung out to dry for yeah, that World did. Cup. Yeah, yeah, he really did. And it's really interesting. Like, I, I appreciated that at the time. Uh, and I remember seeing it and being like, that's a bit off. But, you know, with the disappointment of the World Cup and everything that happened and then the, the Dodson choosing violence against the whole world rugby and all, all that nonsense. Shouting at the weather, yep. at the weather. yeah, yeah. I, I, that's, I'm going to sue the weather! Let's go! You know, a lot of that kind of got lost in the, the Scottish rugby narrative. But it was actually really interesting to be brought back to that. And this is not the first example where Gregor Townsend has failed to manage a player properly and failed to manage a very talented player. Stuart McAnally, for me, mm-hmm. a phenomenal player. And when he's managed correctly, he is he's a, a sterling asset in Scottish rugby. Townsend's failed to manage players. And the idea that Townsend and, and Finn are the same person, I genuinely don't think Townsend and Finn are the same personality. I think, like in terms of the playing style, they probably are similar. You look at look at Gregor Townsend in the '97 Lions tour video. Gregor Townsend is about as buttoned up a person as you will see, whereas Finn Russell is like, "I'm going to go out for a beer. I'm going to chill. I'm going to do my thing." Because it doesn't matter to Finn what he does through the week, as long as he performs on match day, that's his job. The the well, they're too similar. It's like a dad who doesn't get along with his son because his son's too much like him. I think those narratives are media driven and fan driven. They don't they don't ring true for me because Gregor's not the person he was when he was playing, you know, and yeah. Finn's not the person he was five years ago. Like all of us change. You, neither of you are the same person you were five years ago. Like. Things change. Your personality changes. You grow up. You mature and stuff. And neither of those people are in the same place. We're acting like it's the Brady Bunch of stuff. Yeah, well, so, John, Ander- Jack- John Anderson is in my life now. You know, it's like after five years ago, he wasn't. It was a lot calmer and a lot. <laughs> See, yeah. I'm, I'm definitely, I'm definitely a worse person than I was five years ago. <laughs> <laughs> and there's still room for more. It really is. <laughs> exactly. Can you imagine what, what carnage it's going to be in five years' time from now? Exactly. Oh, See? No, no, no. Yeah. So, awkward question about Finn, the third. I think he started playing at Racing in 2018, might have been 2019. But I think with the current rules, is there any chance? I mean, France isn't exactly starved for tens. What if Finn plays for France? So he can't actually play for France because it's the rules themselves state that residency is not a reasonable qualification. So it's about oh, it's birthright not. qualification. It, it, it is. Okay. Okay. Yeah, okay. So it's birthright qualification. But, you know, actually it's, it, it's a reasonable... Because like, if ha-ha. I was Finn, that's what I would be doing. I'd be like, Fabian, hey. Hey, hey, I've got a question hey. for you. I need a 10? No, I, Even you, off know, bench? you know exactly what Finn Russell is going to do. He's just going to hedge his bets. Either go to Japan or there's rumours of him coming to Northampton Saints. He's going to go and do that for a little while and then and wait Saints? until Tooney, wow. Tooney gets knocked off the edge of the earth and then he's going to come back and go, yeah, I'm here to play. And whoever whoever's coming in after Townsend will come in and go because the, the, the easiest option for a coach to come in and appease the crowd is to walk in if Finn's not been playing and say, right, Finn, in you come and talk to me. Let's see if we can get you to training. And the minute he names him in a, in a training squad, everyone's going, everything is all right in the world now. 
Yep. And they're going to give they're going to give him a few six months of uh, right going there on you go coach. Mike Mike Blair has got the easiest job in the world come October, as you said. He just needs to name Pin Russell and his Keep whole your dirty mitts off him. There's no <laughs> way. You just need to look at if if any of if uh, just I want you to understand this in 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 simple terms. We went Edinburgh went to Cardiff today. Play a game that Edinburgh would usually come come home with their tails between their legs because they have Correct. fourteen members of their squad away with Scotland. They would go down with the kids and they would get their arses handed to them and sent home again. Mike Blair has inst- installed or instilled, I should say, instilled such, a, su- such a belief in their game plan, and he's allowed these kids and, and and men to play rugby that they went down to a team that have just gone to South. No, have just beaten the 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 champions. Yeah, 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 three and three, three in a row. Yeah, yep. three and three, and played incredibly well. And and I was I I was saying actually. John, before you arrived, I was talking to David and I was saying my belief in, in rugby, my whole rugby love has been fairly knocked out of me over this weekend. Yeah, and Edinburgh yeah. saved it for me. And the joy of watching, <clears throat> and these are guys that not always get the opportunity. So Mike Blair, I think Finn Russell would be perfect for, for Mike Blair because he is, he, yeah. he, he would just say, um, look, I, I know you're good. You know you're good. Let's go out and play. Let's this go be good. I, this is what I want to achieve. On, but I'll give you a little bit of latitude and install a bit of love again to the game. You know. Well, as you just said, that's a lovely transition because I asked you here to talk about the URC, ironically, because we haven't even really mentioned it. <laughs> um, and I hadn't even cl- when I first asked you to come on this specific date. I just hadn't even clocked that Scotland did play this game against Australia. Um, do either of you no, of even want to talk about that? <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> definitely. I mean, Ollie Smith at the beginning when they were showing the lineups, I was like, "Who is that guy?" I, I didn't recognize his face. I guess it, this. So this was his third cap, I think. He was great. Second, second or third, yeah, yeah, yeah. Smith had a good game. Like, I think um, there was. There's always issues. Um, you've got a young boy there. Ollie Smith to me was very Stuart Hogg, actually. Yeah, oh, yeah. In, in what, in what he did. Um, and the, he was very try hard. He, he dropped a couple of high balls, but ultimately, you know, that's one of the strengths in his game. And you can forgive a guy on his home debut dropping a few high balls in what was horrendous weather at times. And you've got one of the best in Bernard Foley putting, you know, spiral bombs down his throat. Um, I thought I thought Ollie Smith was very good, and actually, like we've had a, I've had a chat with a few people about his try, and you know what? I love the confidence he showed. Would I, as a coach, have said? You ship that twice, do hand scores. It's like I sent you my script ahead of time. Like, yeah, every day I'm like waiting for the offload. I'm waiting for the pass. I'm waiting for the offload. And it never came, but it worked. Yeah. Uh, I don't know but if the coach is like that. The thing is, you, you you did that a couple of times in the game, and I and and I was a little bit perturbed by it. Um, yeah. he, he doesn't. He's not like Stuart Hogg, as in he will take a ball at pace and run straight into people. Whereas he's a big Hogg boy. Will, yeah, whereas Hogg will skip and dance and then end up down an alleyway. <laughs> um, uh, you know, he really yep, will. Um, yep. But what 
and and this I'm sure we're about we're about to talk about this, and uh, John and I have similar but differing views about this gentleman. But if we have an issue with a kicker, um, two ships of that ball out to Duhan, you've probably got Duhan running around and putting the ball down behind the posts. Exactly. Yeah. You're not you're not crashing over it, you know, wide out. Um, and and, and so, I mean, wide out's a stretch. It was. It was. It, it was. It was a bit further than. It was wider. Let's call it that. Wider. Okay. A I'm wee bit further see, out. I'm glad it, we can we can compromise, John. Um, <laughs> slightly down. So it's it's difficult. I, I don't get me wrong. I think uh, I think Ollie Smith uh, has really cemented himself and said, "Look, you, you know, I can." He looks good. Know, I can. He looks good. Um, Duhan so. looks ridiculous. I feel like he's taken the anger from the 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 Worcester Warriors situation and he's just bottled it. And he's like, "Okay, get in my way. I dare you. Like I'm going to tackle you by running at you. Like he he just looks vicious out there." He, he was solid in defence, but the problem Scotland have got is that lack of game plan to actually get him and Darcy Graham on the ball. Yeah. Like du, yep. Duhan yep. Duhan touch touch the ball. What was it? Three times, I think. There's the stats. He's he's had three three carries. Wow. And Darcy was uh, four. Yeah, that's right. Yes, wow. two two of the form wingers in world rugby. And the, oh, wow. the one one time Duhan got loose, we should have scored. We should have scored. He absolutely went, but that was from an Australian mistake. That's not from us creating play for these guys. Right, right. The game plan that's is wrong. Point. If that if that if that's the case, like. If we if we are actively telling players let's not bring our wingers into play, let's go through the centers, which all fair dinkum to the centers, but the pair of them are not they're not Duhan and Darcy, right? I I love Joe Bolter, I think he's a decent player. You know my views on Mark Bennett. I think he, you know, he was named God in Glasgow, and there's a reason for that. But ultimately, those two players are not the game changers that Duhan and Darcy are. And to neglect to give Duhan, Duhan in particular, but Darcy, the form Darcy Graham's on and the absolute crap ball that he got at the weekend is unforgivable. So, you know, this game was really disappointing for me. <laughs> as, yes, as I'm sure it was for you. Yes, it um, was. <laughs> uh, uh, I thought Blair Kinghorn, his try was really great. He's such a good fullback. No, no, sorry. David. No, no, no. no sorry, no, no. sorry. It was, it was in the script. I had to leave it there. No, no, no. As I told you ahead of time I was bringing some winding up petitions. Uh, I'm anyway. Very, I'm, I'm very close to hanging up here. I'm very close to hanging up that, well, that's my cue Thank to back you. away from that. And, and, any final thoughts on this game? Because I don't feel like dwelling I, on it anymore. Yeah. I've, I, I have I have got a lot to say about it, but I, I, I I'm going to save a lot of it for our pod later on. But uh, good, good. Um, the the issue the issue I have is that yes, I totally agree, and everybody has known for many many years that Blair Cor- Blake Blair Cor- Blair Kinghorn Blair Cor- kicking Cor- from, King? yeah kicking from hand Blair can be very very good. Um, kicking kicking from a tee Blair is a seventy percent kicker. That's the way it is, and we all know it. Everybody knows it. What he delivered on the weekend was exactly what Blair Kinghorn can do, and that is he can he can play in a totally different um, different way that a ten normally plays compared to you know because you know if you we talked about a lot John and I talked a lot about um, about um, 
Thompson, Ross Thompson. And Ross Thompson, yeah. Ross would not have, you know, where Ross um, would not have given us the gameplay that, that we had on the weekend and wouldn't have scored the try that Blair Kinghorn scored. However, and this is where I agree with John, um, is that why put someone on the bench and not bring him on for 20 minutes at the end? Um, and okay, it was a close match, and Blair Kinghorn is a, is 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 the ten that, that you expect, and 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 Ross Thompson to be to be brutally honest, Ross has had twenty minutes of game game time this season. He's had, or maybe a little bit more, John. He should um, no, no, you're spot on. He shouldn't be. He shouldn't be anywhere near that squad, Craig. That, no, that, he shouldn't that. because he's not getting selected as as a starter for his own team, no. but. He was there because he's had Scotland experience. He's played for Scotland, so use him. And 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 that's and 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 this isn't me saying that Blair Kinghorn is the one that cost us the match. He did not cost us the match. Oh, he didn't. Absolutely. The players and the penalties cost the match, and the game plan cost the match. Um, yeah. it, it, you know, so it, it's that's what Tate McDermott Kinghorn. had a hand in it too. Tate McDermott is. Vastly underestimated. He's really good. He was a decent player, but you know what? Scotland were in control when he was in the park. They were in control, and they should have they should have been putting him away. And we 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 there's a couple of really brain dead mistakes Scotland made, but I do think ultimately it comes back to decision making in the box up at the top to say, do you know what? We're in a really tight game, and actually it's funny because we, you know, I totally agree with you. Like Blair Kinghorn has. Never pretended to be a ninety percent kicker, no. and we always, always, and you will have seen in our group chat about twenty minutes into the game. I said, but it was after the first miss. I was like, "Here we go! If this is tight, we're losing." And that was not. It's not a criticism of Blair Kinghorn. It's a criticism of the decision making and the coaching staff who put him in that position in the first place. He is not an international goal kicker. He's not a club goal kicker. Like, it's absolute madness to think that that's a good idea. And the way Townsend, again, you know what? I haven't been that angry about it over the weekend, but you've actually brought it out in me. It's almost like the venom, the venom was there and it was ready to go. The way that he stood in front of the press before the game and he was asked directly, will, will Kinghorn kick today? And it was no question in his mind. Yeah, of course he will. And it's like, well, why of course he will? What, I appreciate the options because of the squad and the, the effort, what you've picked have totally limited you to, to, to that decision. But there's others that could go kick. And nobody in Scotland expected Blair Kinghorn to kick that goal at the end. And that's not a criticism of Blair Kinghorn. But, you know, also, uh, you know, and, and, and this is maybe, I don't know, this is maybe a coaching issue um, for the whole of the SRU. Um, we've had a situation in the Women's World Cup with goal kicking. With, yeah, with, yeah. with goal kicking. Now Helen Nelson just about great, to get to it is a, is a great player. Is a great um, a great ambassador for the sport. She's done a fantastic job for Scotland over the time that she has played. But the minute you're you're in a situation where um, a player has missed four uh, three kicks, one of which was right in front of the post and it was an awful shanker. Then you sit them down because Lana Skelton can Skelton can kick a ball as well. Uh, you, you stand them down and you say, "Look, it's not your day." You stand them down, 
the problem. So are we at this point of no, you know, we've got coaches who have decided they are going to kick and that's the way it's going to be. Um, and love me or loathe me, that's the way it is. Because George Horn could have kicked up, could have kicked that final goal because he's been kicking very, very well for Glasgow as well. And and so it, it's this are we at a stage where, and God forbid, God help me with, with saying this, but are we I'm being, you know, Chris Patterson is the kicking coach for the SRU. He goes around and coaches all these different kickers. Are we at a stage where Chris Patterson Chris Patterson is the is the wrong kicking coach now? Do we need dedicated kicking coaches for each section? And I believe we do, you know. But that um, that's an incredible transition, actually, Craig. Once again, thank you because you're very and <laughs> this is a great this is a perfect chance for me to say thank you again for sort of uh, leading me to connect with Rachel Law because Rachel has come on a couple of times now. We're doing it now a four-part mini-series about this Rugby World Cup. We talked about this very thing with the kicking and everything. And I really appreciate your being able to connect me with her. It's been magical. She's a, she's obviously a magical human being. And it's, it's been great. She's ace. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Can't agree more. Can't agree more. And I can't agree more how great I am. As well. I know that. I understand. Yeah. It's literally my favorite episode that I've not been on. For the podcast was you guys talking to today oh just the, just this reason yeah oh my god she's incredible that one and uh philippa tutty it i mean she's a hero of mine so oh, yeah, yeah, incredible yeah. um which of course as i said leads me to can i get your thoughts quickly about the rugby world cup <laughs> once again i asked you here to talk about the urc and here we are um very disappointing result for scotland obviously um what are your quick thoughts about it um yeah, go ahead. Craig, you're uh, the you're the well, expert on that, so I'll let you take this one first. I have you all been watching? <laughs> have you have you been watching every single oh, match? Yeah, or are you? I've not okay. I've not been I've not watched every single match. Um, I have to say there there are times when you've got you've got um, you've got uh, the red roses coming up against a team that you know they're just going to. Yeah, I haven't watched all the England games. I've never really watched them. Um, the 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 abiding thing to me um, is it kind of, well, I'll explain my workings in a second, but it reminds me of the 2015 World Cup that Scotland were in. Yeah. Uh, the, the men's, the men were in. Um, we were, with Scotland's men, we're a referee's decision away from being in a quarterfinal. Yeah. Uh, no, sorry, a semi-final. Was that a semi-final? Semi-fi- semi-final? Semi-final, yeah, yeah, we were, the, we, were the um, we were a quarterfinals. Yep. With, with, with the women, um, we were three kicks away from being in a quarterfinal. Now, okay, we may have come up against the Black Ferns and, uh, you know, it'd be an interesting match. But first first World Cup, get to a quarterfinal, we'd have been there. It was the kicking issue that was the problem. Now, I am not, absolutely not, pointing at Helen Nelson on this one because, again, as we've just discussed, um, it's a coaching issue. Um, and it's a deciding, you know, either sit or down, or for example, where is your kicking coach? It's a World Cup. You're at a World Cup. Where is your kick- kicking coach? Kicking coaches on Premier Sports during an introduction to the Edinburgh game. It's embarrassing because it looks like a monetary decision, which is yeah. ludicrous. Yeah. And this your is kick- this your is... kicking coach is doing promos over at a digital Scotland event in Edinburgh 
for a company that sponsors Scotland. Your kicking yeah. coach is taking selfies with my work colleagues and myself. And it's, That's and, where your kicking coach is. And don't get me wrong, I am not seeing anything about Chris Patterson. That is not, you know, it's it's that's not his decision. That's not it's not his decision. You that's say, correct. You say, you say to Chris Patterson, Chris, I need you to go out to New Zealand with the women's women's team to the women's World Cup and be a constant because our kicking is is horrendous because it is. Yeah. You know. Yes, absolutely. I would go. He would. He would. He is a great Scottish servant. Um, he's a servant to the game. You know. Is he being pulled in several different directions? Yes, I believe I believe he is. So this is the issue. And, and I think that is, hopefully, we're coming home from a, a World Cup in a better place now because yeah. we, have, we have shown that Scotland can run two, including, you know, one team that they play regularly and one team who can be world-class in Australia um, we can run them close, and we would have we would have won those games if if the kicks had gone over. So, I think that we need to reflect on it as an incredibly positive thing. I'm incredibly proud of the women that have gone out and the whole team that have yep. gone out because they've they've basically gone out to a World Cup with one hand tied behind their back. Yeah. Um. So you it's know, true. my say, I, I look forward to them coming home, getting a rest, getting their new contracts, and moving forward. And uh, well, hopefully, Scotland will back up. Just to wrap up the World Cup, Sorry, John. you know, basically it's over because, because because of course USA beat Canada last night. It turns out then after that all the other teams forfeited, so the World Cup is over and we won. Uh, so <laughs> uh, no, I'm, I'm not going to go look it up. So shut up. That's a result for USA, by the way. I'm telling you, against Canada, that's a result. Yeah, that's, that's a good result. I, I cannot wait to see. Well, obviously, we expect Black Ferns and uh, England to get to the final. I can't wait to see that match. I've, I've watched quite a lot of the matches, actually, uh, through through various reasons. And I remember sitting watching, it was, it was New Zealand-Australia in the group stages. What a match. That match. What a match. Just And the physicality on display and just the skill level, incredible. One of probably one of the, my favourite games of rugby I've watched in the last 10 years. I absolutely loved it. And... This World Cup has been a massive showcase for, for women's sport. It's been a massive showcase for women's rugby. The Scottish team, as Craig rightly says, you're three kicks away from a quarterfinal with one hand, one leg, and you're taking a water pistol to the fight. They, they've they've absolutely... Like, I, I was, I'm incredibly proud of what they've achieved. And I really, really hope... This is the point. This like this is the watershed moment now where Scottish women's rugby kicks forward and says, Do you know what? Let's go and be competitive. We've we've done all this with no opportunity. We've now got contracts coming. Whether you agree with the level of the contracts or that, you know, there's a lot of things to be worked out. But ultimately, this is the this is the line in the sand now where Scotland need to move forward. So I think it's been incredibly positive. And this World uh, Cup marks the first time that my partner was like, hey, can I watch one of these games with you? That Australia versus New Zealand match to start off the pool stages, yeah. that was the first time we sat down and watched from, apart from going to see the Free Jacks in person, yeah, yeah. it was the first time we sat down on TV, watched a game from start to finish, and she was completely bowled over. She was completely in. Ever since then, every round it's been, oh, hey, 
are New Zealand playing again? Who's playing tonight? Last night, I before the before we started recording, I said we went to see a play. We got home. It's like eleven fifteen at night, and she's like, "Any chance there's any women's rugby on tonight?" And I was like, "In fact, USA play Canada in fifteen minutes." We sat there and watched it, and you know, it, the result sucked. But it was a great game, and Canada's really, really good. And it's it's after midnight, and we're standing up off our chairs going, No, Canada, stop <laughs> scoring all these tries. Like, it's a new level for me. It, it, ha- having somebody else there to share it with me, you know, it, it's, a, it's a new level. It's a, it's a watershed for me as well. Rugby's one of the sports, and Craig, Craig will probably attest to this as well, that you know, individually, like, so when you play rugby, you play as part of a part of a team, but ultimately, you know, you've got your own job to do, you've got your own thing that you need to do, but you're part of a side. And I think we take for granted that feeling of collectiveness that you get. And then when you, in Scotland, and you know, you'll feel this more than anyone, David, that ultimately, you know, almost you can feel quite isolated in rugby, uh, being a rugby supporter. But when you've got someone to share it with, like sitting in a room with you watching rugby or being in a room with people, like meeting Craig, meeting Johnny for the first time to do a live podcast with them, you know, things like that are absolutely incredible. And it's what rugby can provide for people. Um, we need to we need to really promote that part of the game and get away from all the other rubbish that you know we, we see in here ultimately. It's 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 a game that everybody should be able to turn up at a room and watch and laugh and sing and enjoy themselves and it's great that you've got that kind of at home now as well. It's amazing. So yeah, it, you, it's it's fans. next level. And, and of course, she's brilliant. And so, like by the the second match, she's like, "That was offside, wasn't it? That was a forward <laughs> pass, wasn't it?" Like she's all over it. It's yeah. it's awesome. It's just so good. So there's actually a competition that you may or may not have heard of called the Ultimate Rugby Championship. And uh, they've actually been playing matches for several weeks now. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> you know, when, when Friday rolled around, uh, you know, I was preparing to watch Glasgow play, but I, I wasn't sure I'd have the stomach for it. Huh? Glasgow at uh, home and a different beast, my friend. <laughs> well, John, your, your Warriors got a nice revenge blowout this weekend. So riddle me this. Does that result tell us that Glasgow have, you know, figured it out, as they say? Are they finally clicking? Or do Benetton just forget to show up? No, no, they haven't. They absolutely haven't figured it out. It shows the the extent to the advantage of playing at home. Um, and it shows... Glasgow have a really good game plan for playing at home. They haven't cracked away fixtures. The Benetton one was a... It was... I think they could have lost the way they did to Benetton mid-season away from home, actually. But ultimately, you had a situation where you've got um, you've got a team coming in because of the various things with Worcester Warriors. And then the Queen dying, Glasgow had no pre-season. So completely undercooked in week one. And it showed. I think Glasgow had a closer, closer side to Benetton than that, but ultimately I also don't think Benetton are that good, and I think all this hype around the Benetton freight train is is nonsense. You can't possibly say that a side that can go away from home to Edinburgh, away from home to Glasgow, and ship cumulatively 
over 80 points is a good team. They're not a good team. They're good at home, like a lot of rugby sides are. But I, I, I think that Benetton team, I would have been really disappointed. And I actually, like, I put my money where my mouth was this weekend. Prior to the game, I thought Glasgow by a minimum of 17 points. And that's and that and that came in. Um, so you know, I I think this Glasgow side's got a long way to go. There's there's snippets of good play. There's there's buds of excitement, but ultimately there's still so much of the brain dead decision making that put, permeated Glasgow's uh, probably last two campaigns under Wilson actually. And that to me is about personnel and you know. Ultimately, a leopard don't change his spots overnight. You have to, you know, bring in some new leopards to come and play. So, um, I think th- I think Glasgow are in a better place than probably what they expected after week one. But we're, we're, we're how still, about that? We're not- how about that? Sion- uh, what's his name? Sione Vailanu. I think oh, his name is. Oh, best, what is he? Eighteen de- and oh, best debut cow. try ever. Best debut try ever. That was utterly disgusting what he done to that defense. Um, the, the, the comms said something that was so funny, and I think they were right. He, he sold that dummy, and two players were like, yeah, yeah, I'm buying that dummy because I don't want to get smashed by this guy. Yeah, <laughs> like, he's a, he's the people a who big bought lad. the dummy didn't actually buy that dummy. Tell, tell you what, I, I, like, I, I'm not the smallest lad, Craig. You're, you're not the smallest boy, eh? Like, he still had a lot of work to do there. Uh, to finish oh that, he was a long God. way out, and it was forty meters big, out. He, he's a big lad, and I'm thinking he's not got however, the gas for this. However, he did. He wasn't looking around to see who was helping him. He was going. No, I know, was, there was a, no chance. There's, there's a lot of us that there's a lot of us that would be looking around, going, "I can't believe nobody's coming with me. What's happening?" <laughs> um, but uh, no, I, I, I'm I'm at the point now where um, I'm more confused about Glasgow than I ever was. Um, because the that's fair. They just yes, they have phenomenal home form. They um, they will go out with fourteen men and beat big teams with fourteen men. You know they are an incredibly strong team at home. What the hell is going on away from home? And that's what what I don't understand. I don't understand how how Ryan Wilson, who talks about heart and talks about this and talks about that and talks does a lot, quite a lot of talking, actually. Talks um, about, yeah, he does. Can, can, can just absolutely crap the bed. And, and, oh, and it, it, yeah, it just, it's, it's an odd one. It's a real odd one. And, uh, you know, you've got a completely different coach in Franco, Franco Smith now, who is, is I believe, very authoritarian very will call call people out and tell them exactly what he thinks of them so he's, so he's very like that as a personal manager but as a coaching philosophy he's very hands-off so he allows right. players to actually play what's in front of them yeah. uh, which again is probably more in line with what Glasgow <clears throat> have flourished under in the past like Dave Rennie yeah. he's probably quite similar to Dave Rennie in the approach and that he's yeah. he is very much like this is who I expect you to be as a person you know the old Dave Rennie talking about um, you know good good uh, sweary words. Uh, he used to talk about people being good good men, good people, but ultimately it was about that performance. Was you know you guys go out there. I'll I'll make sure that you are set up, happy, ready to go. 
But ultimately, I really don't have a say in what you do out there. It's up to you to do it. And that that that's the same philosophy uh, Smith has had. And actually, all the players are talking about feeling so much more liberated under Franco Smith. Like well, they're able get, to play their game. Get ready for a masterful transition here. Uh, so, John... Glasgow's best result this year was clearly their beatdown of Cardiff in round two when you won 52 to 24. Craig, your Edinburgh team faced Cardiff today and came away winners 17 to 25. Uh, how did you feel about that match? Um, I'll give you my whole range of emotions. I didn't want to watch the game. I was so upset over the weekend. Uh, of rugby, I was so hacked off. I was hacked off with Scottish fans. I was hacked off with with uh, people's opinions. I was hacked off with the Scotland game. I was hacked off with the Scotland coaches. I was hacked off with everything. I'd, I'd had enough. Um, and I thought, no, no, I'm going to watch the game. I'm an Edinburgh fan. I'm a, I love Edinburgh. I'm going to watch it. And to watch how, um, you know, we've got three or four guys that are coming on the pitch who are playing in and out of Super 6 teams as well as Edinburgh. How they came out and from the from the first minute of the game we had um, a Mike Blair performance from the team for the first five, ten minutes. I like Cardiff, that. It, it just got that point where Cardiff didn't have room to breathe. Um, because Cardiff, you give Cardiff room to breathe, Cardiff will absolutely spank you. Around um, halftime, I thought Cardiff were taking control. They really sort of stormed back and like, uh, I don't know. I thought things looked bad at halftime, but Edinburgh were like, oh, no, 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 we got this. I, th- I think I think there was a couple of things happened um, that, to get Edinburgh back on, a, back on their foot, uh, on the front foot, you know. Um, Wes Goosen, Hoosen, whatever you want to call it, I'll just call him Goose, um, came into the match and, and and got the ball and actually started to show himself as as, as who, who he's been employed to be. Um, and secondly, we had a few things from the referee. Um, we got a few good calls out of the referee, um, especially scrum penalties. We had some good scrum penalties. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whether, whether, you know, where, where, when we're at a situation where um, Cardiff's mall was taking us apart, um, I was starting to worry because all Cardiff need to do is get a couple of penalties, kick the ball yeah. down, down at the in the, the touch at the five meter, and then maul it over the line. And I was starting to worry a little bit about it. But actually, we started get you know, so we counteract we counteracted that with scrum penalties, um, and uh, I was really pleased to see that, especially when we're talking about you know you've got uh, one. I have to mention them. Uh, well, there's two people I want to mention: um, Patrick Harrison. Amazing performance. Uh, phenomenal performance. Um, especially when there's rumours that um, Ewan Ashman is coming to Edinburgh. Um, there's someone who's, who's, put, who's put his hands up and said, uh, oh, you think so? You're going to spend all this money on this guy? Look at me. Um, he's well known within the Super Six, etc. <laughs> Sorry for those that for those that are, don't, obviously you can't see because uh, this isn't a video. <laughs> yeah, there, there's visual. no video, but I wish this there was. A, there's no video, but John is throwing the camera and his computer around his room at the moment because I think he wants um, you and Ashwin to go to Glasgow because um, he was at Glasgow. It's the shortest loan deal I've ever seen in my entire life. But exactly, just said the bunch. But uh, well. Uh, there's dogs out there going what uh, that high pitch there. Um, but anyway, um, what 
you know, Patrick Harrison has been, uh, he's, he's, you know, under 20 Scotland, he has been shown as phenomenal in the Super Six. He's been playing incredibly well. Um, and the Edinburgh, the, on the, the junior Edinburgh and Glasgow games that they've been playing um, with the, the sort of the second, it's almost like a Glasgow A team and, a, and, a, and an Edinburgh A team. He was shown as, as, as phenomenally quick. Um, really, you know, he's got backs qualities in a, in a hooker. Um, and then the second person I have to mention, um, and and John knows this is coming um, because I've, I've I've absolutely been turned around for this guy. Um, I thought he was he was in, uh, I thought Christine was absolutely phenomenal today. Christine had one of his best games for Edinburgh today. I thought absolutely. he was utterly brilliant. Um, and he he has and you know like you you've said yourself, Craig. There was a moment earlier on in the season where you thought he'd maybe turned that corner. And was starting to do stuff that Christine didn't used to do. Yeah. And then there was a little lull where he, he sort of went almost regressed to type. And it was like so frustrating because Christine for me has got all the talent in the world. He's such a good worker. He is perfect for that Edinburgh team. And he is the absolute epitome of almost and I know we don't do this anymore in the URC but let's let's claim this weekend is that he's the epitome of an international window player and that he might not be in that Scotland squad but he is the leader back at the club he's the guy driving standards for the young guys coming in the non-Scots qualified players who maybe don't understand necessarily the importance of things he's the guy driving that and it was clear today he's a leader within that side. And why God did he he fair deliver? He was brilliant. Well, I don't know if either of you clocked this. It, it was my favorite part of the match. At one point they showed. I love the way the Welsh players go to other Welsh team uh, uh, matches and just show up just to watch. So the guy I call Lewis Reese Summit, he was there in the audience with his dad apparently, and yeah, they're sitting there together. His dad's eating, and when they got the shot of the game. On the camera, and uh, one of the commentators said, "What is that? A, a pie? A, a burger?" And and Shanks said, "It's a fitness burger." Do you guys have an opinion on Shanks? Uh, fans? Not fans? Uh, I actually, uh, I, I used to listen to his podcast. I, I, I actually believe he's he, he is actually he's a good pundit. Um, he's obviously very Welsh um, biased, but of course he's going to be. Um, but I think he calls it when he calls it, and I think that you know a lot of the, when when they were talking through the game, um, and he was he was on comms. I think uh, a couple of things he said was correct, and uh, you know he, when he's calling penalties or he's calling he's he's calling cards, etc. Um, you know I, I think he's right, he's correct, and he he was um, he's the right thing, person to be commenting on Christine, you, you know, because he you know he, he played in that position, and uh, um, as I say, uh, you know, um, don't mind Shanks at all. So, John, at this stage in the year, yep, who is Edinburgh's MVP? That's a very tough one, I think. Paul, <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to absolutely uh, cop out here and say actually it's Mike Blair. I think he has he's done really well with second season syndrome. Um, I think he's continuing to instill the 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 things he wants from that team. I don't think any the sign of a good team, and I think Edinburgh are a very good team, is that those individual players who have that talent, who have that ability, obviously are able to express themselves, but no one player not necessarily stands out. 
obviously Darcy Graham's the guy you would go to for those tries and you know the way he's exploded this season. But I think he's been he's benefited so much from that collective team effort that Mike Blair's instilled into that side. So I'm going to give it to the coach. Craig, you know, same but opposite question. Uh, who's been the biggest difference maker for Glasgow this year? Oh, jeez. Um, <clears throat> that's a really difficult one because I don't, again, it's... it's the, currently, I feel Glasgow are performing like they performed last year. Um, they're still hot and cold. So there's nobody coming through that, that actually turns around and makes me go, you know, wow, these pl- this player's bringing the best out of uh, out of Glasgow. Um, yes, uh, Cancellieri has, has has been fantastic, and he's and he uh, he is showing an incredibly, you know, he's 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 making a difference, and when he gets the ball, he lights he lights up the game. Um, but um, I think again the coaching staff to go down the same route as John, and I know it's it's not going to give you a great headline, but it, it, I think the coaches are um, starting to believe that they can get themselves out of this, uh, especially like Pete Horn and uh, and that you know I think they're going to start they're starting to see themselves. I think the person that's probably going to be the most valuable person within the Glasgow squad eventually will be the person that um, that, that that bends a lot of the older players. Um, yeah, and brings agreed. in and brings in some some new players or or invests in interesting yeah um, because I think they're holding them back at the moment. They um, could definitely do Requeiro out of the cupboard. There's and we said that at the start of the season as well. There's a couple of boys there that shouldn't be there, um, and they're not on insignificant wages. Let's be honest. Um, yeah. There's like there's there's the experience there that needs to be shipped. There's a bit of dead wood in that squad. Probably based on a game plan that wasn't never going to meet meet Glasgow DNA, um, and ultimately you you find yourself in a position. Well, you just have to look at so the guys have not been selected for things. Um, you you've got massive massive players, right? In terms of size, guys like Fafita, guys like Lewis, been you know Richie Gray's having a great season this year. But actually, do you know what? It's a great season in comparison to what he's done previously. So, um, you know, you've got that situation where I think that game plan doesn't work and there's going to be a lot of change required. Ryan Wilson needs to be out the door. Fraser Brown needs to be out the door. And let, let's see these young guys, you know, let's see Fraser Brown. We've got Gregor Brown absolutely tearing up trees in the back row. Let's see young guys like that actually get a game time. Let's see Ewan Ashman at Glasgow. Funny enough, funny enough, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, there's somebody else who's come on my radar as well, and 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 we've been talking about our uh, our, our problems at ten for Scotland and this that and the other. There's one name that's that's coming up for me, and it would work incredibly well with. Uh, we talk about Dempsey, who's you know our Aussie Scott now. Um, Tommy Allen has been playing incredibly well for um for uh, or Tommaso Allen as he likes to be called when he plays for when he played for Italy um has been playing incredibly well for Harlequins. I would quite like to see him coming home. Um and one of the places he would fit in incredibly well is either Edinburgh or Glasgow. And you would he will you know he's got he was born in Scotland. 
Um, he's got, you know, he, he's got, a, he's got, he played for Scotland under twenties, under eighteens. So there's someone who I don't know. I don't. I think John is maybe doing having a wee look to see the last time he played for for Italy. But um, it's exactly who, what I was doing, mate. Yeah. There's, there's there's someone who could who could come in, and you've got an incredibly reliable goal kicker. Um, and you know, so there's there's someone who you know. That's I was just thinking about it over the weekend after after yeah. a lot of the conversations we've been having about. About and things like that, you know. Sadly, um, Tommy Allen did play in the Six Nations last year, twenty twenty one. Sorry, so uh, we would be looking February thirteenth, twenty twenty four. He would be available to us. Uh, he could be a Valentine's baby. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which would make him twenty uh, twenty five. I mean, he'd only be thirty one. So you know, it's an yeah, option. Maybe it's not going to happen. <laughs> so I. Ne- <laughs> I do need to wrap this up and let you guys go. Um, currently, if we're looking at the URC overall, the top three, you've got Leinster, of course, big shock. Then you've got Ulster, a little bit of a shock, I guess. Um, they look really dangerous to me, except against Leinster. And then the Stormers, of course, who are looking to defend their title. I listen to several you know, Irish rugby podcasts, and the general consensus seems to be that Leinster haven't even hit their stride yet. Yeah. Uh, John, do you think that's true? Yeah, I absolutely do. I think Leinster are, and I said that all the preview pods we've done for every outlet possible, Leinster are by far and away the best side in this league by a long way. And they've got depth unbetold to any other team. Uh, and I don't think they necessarily, I don't think, they, I don't think they'll hit their stride at all this season. I don't think they need to. That's, that's how good they are. Are, is Ireland getting out of the quarterfinals in this next World no, Cup? No, absolutely not. <laughs> That's a different conversation. Absolutely not. Thank God. No, no. Do you know? No, I genuinely, I genuinely don't think they will because they are they, they're classic ball merchants when it comes to the World Cup. I think Irish rugby again peaked a year too early, like they always do. And, oh, do I love it? Makes me it absolutely tickles my insides. <sighs> Beautiful. I, I, I talked to Bernard Jackman and uh, he's given me faith. I, I, I think this is it. I think this is the year. That, yeah, I mean, we'll take that with a pinch of salt. Um, yeah, no. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, I, 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 think, I think they could do okay, but ultimately I think Irish rugby, the problem you've got is one head knock to a 10 and they're in massive trouble. Oh, I can't imagine who you're talking about there. Yeah, um, it might, might be made <laughs> of biscuits. Uh, Craig, Ulster look really dangerous and powerful this year. Are they actually contenders or are they going to just fall off, you know, as things always happen? Uh, The problem with Ulster is, uh, and this is where the URC hopefully has saved Ulster a little bit here. Um, The problem with Ulster is they always struggled when it came to to the the Six Nations or the international window. Um, And Ulster would fire as strong as they possibly could when they had um, they had all their Irish players in. Um, but then when their older Irish, Irish players disappeared, that's when their, their, their poor games would come out. I love Ulster. I think Ulster really... Dan McFarlane, um, if he doesn't go to become an international coach at some point, I would be very, very disappointed. Um, he is an incredible... You know, he's done a great job. It's a great call. Yeah, he's, 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 he's done a great job over in Ulster. Um, but uh, I think you probably find next year's probably going to be Ulster's year. 
Uh, oh, I like that. I like that. Um, because I think um, with uh, Lancaster going to Racing, um, yeah. Leinster will be weakened. Um, the only issue I would probably say is that, or the only thing that's out there is the is the South Africans, um, because they've shown that, that that they can come and batter anybody into submission. So I need I need to wrap it up. Um, I have two final questions. One is for either of you to grab. Is Munster in big trouble, or is it just a this year? Craig, Craig can have this one because he predicted it. Oh yeah, I yeah we we just I think it was on this this but very, very podcast, pod. very podcast. Pod. Yes, it was Craig. And and uh, and and I just I feel that um, they're crapping themselves right now. They really are, and 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 the problem is, I think Van Graan, no matter what anybody says about him, they, they had a very poor. I think they got rid of Van Graan far too quickly. They did, um, yeah. and uh, and or he left, and they let him. Go yeah, over. did they get rid of him or did he leave? That's the question. I don't. I think he probably left. I suppose because you can only you can see what he's already started with Bath, um, and 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 that was really my concern was that you've got a lot of players within. Munster who are getting to the end of their playing careers. Yeah. Um and the Omanis, the the Earls, the the Zebos, they they have a they have a very, very good international ten. But is he a is he a um uh, he's you know everyone talks about Ireland being absolutely knackered without Johnny Sexton. So what happens to to Joey Car- Carvery, you know he's he's the ten. There, he's the one that they put the that Munster put their faith in, and and he's not a Johnny Sexton. Um, it's it's for me they they really are at a point where they're needing to change a few things about Munster. Yeah. The Munster way of playing rugby has gone, or the South Africans have shown that actually. Uh, Yes, the monster way of playing rugby is it, there's there's a point to it, but they can do it far better. Um, so interesting, I like that. I, I love, I love, 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 and you know, you guys have seen me make it gesticulating behind the scenes there. But oh, does it feed my soul to see monster struggling? Oh, it makes <laughs> me feel so happy. But, but you're that, su- you're such a Peter Hamani fan. I, I can't believe oh, you. Do you know some of those names as you mentioned them, Craig? I I, I actual PTSD of just being like. Yeah, I, I mean, if Keith Errols never wins another game of rugby in his life, I would actually like worship the people that have done that. To, uh, like uh, that man is a cretin. I absolutely despise him. So uh, I got to give you this one last question before we go. I need to wrap it up. Um, this is for for both of you in turn. Um, Craig, heading into the season, you were all guns blazing. As far as you're concerned, Edinburgh might win. John, you were kind of a wait and see last time I talked to you about it. Um, it seems like, you know, Edinburgh's had some stumbling blocks that we didn't really expect, or at least I didn't. Um, and Glasgow after this after this weekend, Johnny, you're 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 full. <laughs> you are doing great. So, uh, have your opinions changed? I'll start with you, Craig. Um, where is Edinburgh going to finish this season, and where is Glasgow going to finish this season? Um. I still think we'll be in top four. Um, I think we've got the ability now, and also what seeing what the 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 what the out of international window team 
have managed to do this weekend because I, I, I you know, uh, John and I laugh, and John gets the gets the the moniker of um, he keeps get or the, he keeps getting asked, "Is this a real team this weekend, John? That we played, that we won <laughs> against? Is this a real team?" Um, because because John will say, "I ah, wait till you're playing the real teams, Craig, and then you'll see what Edinburgh can do." Um, exactly. Cardiff were a real team this weekend. They only had four or five players away to um, uh, to Wales. They are a team that um, that have just beaten the champions uh, last year's champions. So they're they're a strong team, um, and we put uh, the team off off the the, the 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 younger guys down there, and they played exactly the same way as as Edinburgh normally play. So. In fact, I would say probably a little bit better than Edinburgh normally plays. So, I think I think it's one of those situations where we've got the we've got the manpower now, we've got the team members in place. Now we need to get the um, the backbone. The top four would get you a home playoff game, which would be a huge advantage for sure. You know, it does feel like there's Leinster, and then there's all four South African teams kind of crowding that that level john what do you think where's glasgow going to finish this season and where's edinburgh going to finish this season yeah so i i don't think edinburgh will be top four uh, and that's not i think there'll be playoffs for sure i think there's stronger teams out there um but edinburgh are, they're delivering what they've set out to do problem for me is losses like the one at home to the lions that's not that's not the loss of a top four side that's a team that you know uh, I, I, despite you know the the restrictions of the side this weekend, when you saw the teams, I would have always had Edinburgh winning today. Um, and Cardiff for me played very very well and have had a couple of wins that have been really good. But ultimately, that's back to this point. I always make like if you're looking for a top four, top five team, that's these are the games you should be bonus point and. Sadly, Edinburgh, I couldn't manage that today. Uh, they got the win, and I, I more than anyone, I'm delighted they got the win uh, because I've benefited from a significant monetary value for it, so <laughs> quite pleased. Uh, but I, I, I just think Edinburgh are going to probably find themselves, there's going to be a couple of fixtures through the season that they end up getting bogged down in, and they aren't able to deliver the wonderful potential they have. Uh, and for me, it's just a, it's just an experience thing. Like, I don't. I think next year Edinburgh might be top four next year if they continue the trajectory and are able to retain Mike Blair, which they won't be able to, because um, because he'll be coming over to Scotland next year. Um, I don't know. Craig's like fizzing at that. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, for for both of you, are Ospreys the most disappointing and surprising? surprisingly bad team this year? Ospreys have been guff for quite a few years, actually. And you know what? They keep signing people and you go, that's the Ospreys going to improve now. And it's never... like The Ospreys are rotten to the core and it's coaching. It's coaching yet again. And they have been for so many years. Like The Ospreys were a championship-winning team or potentially back, back in the day and they've been utterly garbage for so many years. When you look at the fixture list, again, Craig might, you know, I'm I'm a bit more flippant about fixture lists than maybe these guys are because I think they're they're much more happy to um not be bitten when you predict something and then the fans pile in on you. But 
when you see the Ospreys in a fixture list, you genuinely don't care. I like, I, I, th- I think, you know what, I will beat them. I, I think, I think the, the, it's it's Wales in general. To be honest with you, I mean, it, else, you know what, it absolutely teams. is. It absolutely, you know, it's a sorry state. Well, yeah, we're looking at us. We're looking at a situation where um, uh, <laughs> I've got more fear of an Italian side pulling us pulling a, a a win out of the out of their backside against yeah, us, yeah, hundred percent, than, than, than a Welsh team. And 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 that's not hubris. It's not me being, you know, being flippant. It's it's Wales just don't have their act together. And and you're they they're a team too heavy. I believe. Um, yeah, they are hundred percent. If that you know, if if Wales want to become URC winning and world power again in rugby as they have been before, uh, take two teams out of the URC and, yeah. uh, and, and and you know, and that's the thing. Like the teams these Welsh teams are putting out at pockets of those teams, you go, wow, that's a decent side. But ultimately, it's spread. It's spread too thin. It's you know they've got player players that should be if they were to collectively like think about you know you look at the 2004 2006 era of Welsh rugby and it was 13 Ospreys in the national team winning winning Grand Slams Wales could really benefit from having that condensed and when Glasgow won your the, the the Pro 12 when Scotland were playing well under that that era you know, it's like 13 Glasgow players were picked, things, things like that, you know, and I'm not saying that's the way to go, but I think Welsh rugby could definitely do with condensing yeah. what they have. I, I have to, I'm going to say this, and it's a fairly big statement, um, and we've talked about it regularly, is um, the Super 6 for us is working. It's it, starting, is. it is. It's starting to work. Hey, that's, and, that's the first time I've ever heard anyone say that. That's great. And And... We're at a point you just have to look at Edinburgh, for example. I, I, I'm not so sure because I don't really watch a lot of the players that are coming through to Glasgow, and I apologise for that, John. But I don't, I, obviously, it's my Edinburgh's my team, so I, I'm a little bit more aware. Um, but uh, but you know, you look at the the Patrick Harrisons that are coming through. The yeah. you know, look at Ben Muncaster. He was put. He was shipped back into Harriet's. Um, I think was it Harriet's or was it um, what Sonians he played for? Anyway, he was. We are able to put our guys that are maybe not getting enough game time uh, because there's 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 world class boys in front of them and, and this is just not their time to get a game. They're going into Connor Boyle, they're all going into into the Super Six and they're getting a good level of rugby. Um yep. you just need to look at Logan Trotter who was playing for Stirling County last year and he's playing Super playing Six Irish. He's now playing premiership rugby. Exactly. That that there is your pathway and you look at I agree. I think Edinburgh have <coughs> got guys coming through from Super Six who will be mainstays of that Edinburgh team for years to come. Similarly, Glasgow, like you know, I've I've had my beef a wee bit with with Tom uh, Tom Jordan. Um but then there's a realization Tom Jordan's not a 10, he's a 12, yeah. and he's been asked to play 10 by Glasgow. And I think actually he with every game, every professional game he has played, he is not a professional player. Let's be clear, he's a partnership player. And with every game he's played, he has improved and he has looked more the person who should be like in a in a professional contract. Guys like Alex Samuel, Alex Samuel the other night, unbelievable shift in the second row. You've got Gregor Gregor Brown, who has been manor born since he came in that back row as well. These guys have all played Super Six, and they all look good when they come into the professional setup. 
that didn't used to happen. So no. kudos to it. So I'm putting you both in the corner here now. It's been seven rounds in the URC. Craig, who are the two teams playing for the URC final this year and who wins it? Um, oh, come on then. Let's go for it. Uh, Stormers and Ulster. Oh, okay. Very good. I like wow. that. I like that. I like that. John, same question. Yeah, it's got it's got to be Leinster and Ulster. I think I think they're both too strong. I don't know if Stormers will necessarily be able to because Leinster have this advantage. Leinster and Ulster in particular have this advantage. Those away games, apart from the South African trips, those away games are not as big deals for them. Like you're coming mm. over to Scotland, you're going to Wales. It's a short haul flight. The South African teams, those away games are massive. And you see the difference in the South African teams when they play away. Uh, they're not nearly as, even with filled to the brim with Springboks, they're not nearly as worrisome for teams. So you might see that the Stormers drop points against silly teams like Cardiff Boys. So um, last year, so last I, last year, the the final was two South African teams. Unplanned question: If the final this year is two Irish teams, is that better for the URC or worse for for as, fans? As, for it's better for the shareholders of the URC, for the um, fans, and for for the growing of the league. I I don't think it necessarily matters who the are. Both of you be. turning in for an all Irish final? No. No. Uh, well, no. on, are both of you turning I, in I for would, another South African final? No. No. <laughs> I would. I would. I think we solved this problem. Yeah, I maybe change it slightly. I tune in. I tune in if Ulster in the final because I like okay. what Ulster could do. I. 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 Because okay. Dan John Cooney. A what? Should be. Should I'm, be playing night nine for Scotland next weekend. That's yeah, fine. well, as as the rumours are, as, yeah, I, I, I'm a big I'm a big fan of Mike Lowry. I do like a Mike. Oh, Lowry. Ma- he, like- he's got a beautiful name, and he is he's a decent player. He's a, he's there, Dar- he's there, Darcy. Although he's a fullback, I definitely called him Matt Lowry a couple of weeks ago. I felt pretty stupid about it. <laughs> <laughs> I would I, so from from your podcasting experience, David, I would not worry too much. About calling people the wrong name or doing anything like that, <laughs> just just don't read your reviews. That's all I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> if I can get some, I would read them. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> okay, guys, it, it, it's been much longer than I thought. I'm I'm sorry to keep you so long. Y'all are the best. I wish we could just you know just leave this mic on and I could just come back in a couple hours and keep talking. Uh, it's always the best. Uh, Anyone foolish enough out there to not be listening to the Scottish Rugby Podcast, you've got to. Uh, it'll be easy for you to find it because it'll be in the show notes for this episode. Um, Craig, John, any last thoughts? Well, my last thoughts are my dinner's in the dog, so thanks very much. I appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm going to pop mine in the micro after this, but uh, we're all good. <laughs> well, uh, my, my son's new friend showed up for a play date almost an hour ago now, and I've been sitting there listening. If you've noticed me kind of looking up, it's because I'm hearing stomping <laughs> and stuff, and i got to get involved somehow. So <laughs> <laughs> you, go, you couldn't do that, buddy. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Thanks, David, for having us. It's been great. Thanks again, as usual. Y'all are the best. I will catch you very soon. Cheers and be well, guys. Bye.
Thank you.